All right, Jeff, I got some stuff over there. I got a letter, an email I'm going to read to you. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that the other day. I've got some thoughts on that. We've got some uh, things about faith that uh, that's kind of new to me that I want to want to share with you. All right. Thank you for fun. listening to the Fields Brothers Show. You want me to start this out? Or yeah, go ahead. The jump intro? in there. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. I am Jeff Fields. I'm here with my brother, Roger, and we're coming to you from Central Kentucky. We're in his man cave and back in the wedding season, Roger. So I guess, did it go okay? I know you had a big wedding yesterday. It was yesterday. a big wedding. There? Did everything Holy go okay? Yeah, I forgot to ask right. you when I came in. So I mean, it was over. We <clears> limited <throat> to 200, and this went above 200. Really? Okay. So well, I won't, so I won't tell was, anyone. Yeah. So, but, um, so I, I don't know. i got a feeling this one may go a little bit long on this podcast. We will see. But um, before we get into that, I've got a good Chuck. I saw one of the best Chuck Norris memes I've seen. I think oh, you're familiar with Chuck Norris memes. I, I think, yeah. Um, oh, yeah we have yeah, some international yeah, listers. It's yeah. I don't know if they have any idea who Chuck yeah. Norris is, but he was a television star and kind of a hero type of character. And evidently, he's a pretty good guy. And um, but all these memes about like he's kind of like a, a Superman type of thing. But uh, this one, tell me if you've seen this one. Chuck Norris can walk into a Chick Fil A and get a hamburger on Sunday. <laughs> you ever I've heard never that? heard that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so Chuck Norris can get a walk into a Chick. Now, for those international that may not be familiar with Chick Fil A, for one thing, they don't sell hamburgers, and two, they are always closed on Sunday. So if someone can walk into a Chick Fil A and get a hamburger on Sunday, that is something else. So, well, you you are highlighting your yeah, email. Yeah, you know, I'm and not going to. I'm but, not going to read those for verbatim. <clears throat> Let me just say this, and I got permission to share this, and. Um, even got permission. This is this is from uh, one of our listeners named Nathan, and uh, you know this is just a very, uh, I really pretty well written and you know rather lengthy email about just his what he's gone through with legalism and all, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm going to kind of summarize this I think, and I hope I hope Nathan I do this justice, but um, you, you know he just got to the point where just he felt like in his terms he just couldn't hack it anymore, you know he just couldn't do it. Um, he um, you know, he discovered some things, I guess, about his dad that he thought was, you know, a believer that weren't very good, you know. Um, That's probably an understatement. And, I read he, the, yeah, he's, I read the and God did some great things in his life, you mm-hmm. know. He got over uh, porn and some other things. and But he just still couldn't feel like that he, um, you know, was living up. And one of the things that, you know, he literally, because people would tell him, um, I think he says this, it makes it in there, that, that, you know, you have to put your mind on earth, uh, heavenly things, on earthly mm-hmm. things. And a lot of people interpret that, and I kind of used to do this too a little bit. That that means you, anything that's enjoyable in this life is now off limits, and you can take that to some crazy extremes. I mean, even he, I think he felt guilty about you know, enjoying his family and kids, you know. And if it's just not hyper spiritual, then yeah. somehow God is just not interested. You know, it's really God only wants you know. I guess, you know, like we're only supposed to think about evangelism and Bible studies and all. And he's one of the things, and I've got, this is a very interesting. And he's he's in his 40s now, I think he. I'm not sure exactly. I think he he mentioned that that in the email. Yeah, I think he's in his 40s. But he also, he coaches hockey, you know. He did coach hockey. Yeah, yeah. he did. He gave that up. That was the thing. He gave that up because he kind of felt guilty. Well, I guess they have fights. I've heard that in in hockey you can fight, you know. And so, and I kind of try to respond to that and say, you know, first of all, hockey is not a sin. You know, hockey yeah. is not, you know, I mean, okay, yeah, someone gets whacked in the head with a hockey stick, maybe you ought to, you know, but still, it's, you know, box. There's, I mean, there are a lot of sports that are pretty rough. I mean, mm-hmm. boxing is pretty rough. There's some rough sports out there, um, wrestling, some other, other things, mixed martial arts for sure. And so, um, I, you know, I, but that's what happens to you, though. 
when you get so spiritually legalistic, so looking for ways that, or, or things in your life that you think God is not pleased with. So what you do is you come up with a God who's, number one, very distant, and a God who really just doesn't care that much about you, really doesn't love you that much. You know, he's not, you know, if mm-hmm. I love somebody, do you know, like, like, for instance, you know, there are things that Lori would enjoy doing that I'm not, normally would not be a big fan of it, but I, I take an interest in it because mm-hmm. she likes it and i love her you know i believe god does the same thing with us or little children i mean so many things that come back here when i thought of that yeah you know, put this in the context of like yeah. a two or three year old child or a three you know my one of my three-year-old grandchild well yeah i find an interest in things that she's interested yeah. in that i don't figure right. there and i'm you know i want her to enjoy life yeah. i want her to have yeah. fun i want her to enjoy me i'm not and so and I always think about too, whenever I kind of go down this trail of this conversation, I always think about the fact that the first miracle Jesus did was to provide drinks for a wedding yeah, party. A celebration, a party. But yeah, yeah, it was a party. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't a great bit. You think, well, he wasn't putting his mind on things above. That's like an earthly thing. He ran out of drinks. That's an earthly thing. Or the Luke 15 thing, threw a party when the prodigal yeah. son comes yeah. in. Throws yeah. a party to celebrate. Yeah, throws a party to celebrate. I mean, so this whole idea that God is not interested. I mean, I think Jesus came, God came in the flesh, the Son of God, Jesus, to enter this world, this real world that we mm-hmm. live in. And to now we just think, but that's what happens in religion, you know. Boy, nothing really matters. You know what? And let me tell you how I, I realized that I was, this is one of my blind spots I had. I used to think the things that I thought were not important, if a Christian were involved in them, I really, I mean, I really looked down that, and this is kind of a weird one, okay? <laughs> I'm going to give you this, but I'm not a sci-fi fan, okay? I'm just not. I've yeah, tried, I really either. tried. Yeah. I've tried to watch. I, I have never watched. I've never seen Star Wars. Okay. So. Well, I've, I'm at least ahead of you on that. I have, okay. I have seen right. Star Wars. Okay. I just didn't think it was that great. But I had, I had that was where I was going. I have it. Right. I had a Christian who was he collected Star Wars memorabilia and stuff like that. I thought, how dumb. <laughs> I mean, how dumb are you? You know, it's like what you know. I mean, how? I mean, no, that's worldly. You know, like me. You know, I don't know. You know, go out and playing basketball. That was so. What is that? I mean, there's, yeah. not, there's no real difference. Yeah. But that's what we do. We get into parsing these things apart. And I think that's a little bit of what Nathan's struggling with is just the whole idea that is God our farm boss like the older and younger mm-hmm. son thought he was, the prodigal son, or is he a loving dad? And if he's a loving dad, he cares about the things you care about. And like I, I find this amazing and unbelievable and hard to fathom, but I guess maybe even God is fine with you golfing. Yeah, I, I you knew know? you were headed that way. I mean, maybe. You know? I've been waiting for you to finally get the revelation I on that. I think it's so. kind of a childish thing to do, yeah. to spend money chasing a ball around a pasture with a stick. But I know that other people like that. <laughs> I had to get that in. So, you know, I'm just saying that, but boy, we just we just fashioned this God into something that's uh, just not in Scripture. Okay, uh, two or three thoughts. I'm a... Uh, yeah, well, when you get talking like this, I think of different things. I need to start jotting them down because then by the time my turn around, I've forgotten some of what I was going to think over there. Jeff, that'd be fine. Well, I, I would, I would yeah, call you, on well, you. Uh, yeah, you I might. Would, call, you yeah. might or might not call on me. The, I talked to someone the other day, similar thing, that said that um, a young mom that has friends that only read the Bible or any overtly Christian books and don't feel, you know, will feel guilty if you read anything other than the Bible, or well, if you ever listen to a secular song, I mean, or the uh, similar maybe, yeah. type of thing, and you know the the phrase that came to my mind 
that I mentioned here before, I think it's a great phrase by, by, by Baxter Kruger, says this. It says, the recognition of the sacred presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in every person, moment, and place is the beginning of wisdom. Let me repeat that. So it's it's a paraphrase of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But instead of fear, which can be translated, the recognition. So the recognition of the sacred presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in every person, moment, and place is the beginning of wisdom. That God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. God is om- omnipresent, you know, that old word. And, and more than, I mean, take it out of the theological dusty mm-hmm. bin there, but but we are in God. God is in us. God is everywhere. And so, you know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now, is there sin in the world? Is there is the, is the world broken in places? Obviously, yes. But if it's a hockey game, there's a lot of skill going on. So if I'm, you know, I'm not sure I've ever, I've never watched a kid's hockey game. I, I went, we used to have a minor league uh, hockey team here in Lexington. I went to one of their games one time and didn't really get into it, but that's okay. <laughs> but if, you know, if I'm, if I'm picturing now a kid's hockey game, I'm thinking of, there's a lot of skill that goes into that, a lot of practice, a lot of diligence. Well, where did that come from? You know, who is who is diligent? Well, God is diligent. You mm-hmm. know, God is a worker. You think of the time that the parents put into that, giving so that their kids can enjoy that. That's a good thing. I see God in that. You know, just the whole competition thing. Now, obviously, if, you know, fight breaks yeah. out, someone wants to hit someone else, you know, maybe, you know, no, that's not that part's not good, but that can happen in anything in life. Yeah. You know, there are even fights on golf courses, Roger. I've heard of that, but people, well, how, how is that and, possible? We get, get you hit into another group. Short, you hit, either someone's, someone's going too slow and, oh, yeah, and okay. you're you know, hit into the group, read, things like that. So let me read you a couple more quotes out of this letter. I'll tell you okay. what you want to read. Okay. When he said, he said, he tried reading the Bible, but it was like pouring fuel on the fire. Yeah. You see, that's the thing. If you, if you, the way we've yeah, kind of trained mindset, our minds to only see the obligations in the Bible. Okay, he said, I had a hard time believing it was okay to just live my life and love my family. And there are a couple of times, and, and you shared the email with me, that he sensed a voice. I, I don't know if you use the term voice, but sensed yeah. a voice. I'm coming to that one. Okay, all right. Yeah. Go ahead and read. Well, read he said, he said I, I feel like everything I was doing was probably a sin. Yeah. Okay? Now, here's what you're talking about. He goes, then he, he basically just he heard a voice internally say, I just want you to live, Nathan. It brought me to tears, and I thought maybe it was the Holy Spirit. Maybe. I felt tremendous peace. <laughs> well, but listen to this, though. Yeah. This is so insightful. I, I, I felt tremendous peace for t- about 20 minutes, and then the accusation started right back up. Well, I think that is the voice of the Holy Spirit yeah, that is. he heard. Yep. That's him. I just want you to live. And we can trust the Holy Spirit within us, but, yeah, the, the accuser comes right back. But he, he mentions in the email that even though, you know, he's making progress, sounds like. Yeah. But and remind me of something I heard Wayne Jacobson say years ago. I thought it was kind of a good analogy of it. And I may mention this one other time, talking about the gravitational pull, like when astronauts leave the Earth to go to the moon, which they mm-hmm. used to do. You know, for a while, they're, in, they're still in the gravitational pull of the Earth, and it takes a lot of thrust to get out of that. But they get far enough away that all of a sudden the gravitation of, pull of the moon comes into effect, yeah. and they start getting pulled to the moon. And it's there's no one point in time where it all cuts off and all goes the other way. Yeah. And so I think that's a similar illustration to where, as our minds are awakened to grace, whoa, we start getting pulled another direction, but we still get pulled back the other way. And, and that's why we need one another to encourage one another. That's yeah. We talked about That's why we do this podcast, to be a voice out there. But eventually, if you hear that more and more, the good news more and more, 
and you learn to to recognize the lie of the enemy for what it is, the gravitational pull from the other direction starts yep. to become dominant. And here's here's one of the problems too, and he mentioned this in the letter, and I'm not going to use the name he mentioned, but he, he talked about somebody that I've heard, let's do read a little bit of, that I kind of like in some respects, um, somebody who says some good things, I think, but you know, does tend to really go off, I think, on the, you know, he's pretty can be pretty legalistic but you see so you have guys out there they're they're bible teachers that do say some good things it's yeah. a mixture so there is right. some good in the mix right and then there's some things they're not so what happens i believe that when the more the deeper you go into kind of getting this grace message the gospel everything's paid in full of what god has done for you he's our father once you get into that your antenna goes up when you read a statement as you can tell this person yeah, at that yeah. point, at least, at least when he wrote that, does not get the gospel. And sometimes we may not be able to articulate yeah, or bring up exactly right. why. Right. It just, I've heard it called a yuck meter. Yeah, you know, you yeah. have an internal yuck meter that, that, you, that it, doesn't smell right. And you've you got know? to be able to do that in this day and age. In other words, yeah. If you're on any social media, you're going to get, your quotes are going to come up that will sound good. You know, I hate this, this dichotomy that we've come up with now. Almost every quote is you're either, you know, what we call sold out and you've got all your obligations, you're working hard and doing stuff for God, you're doing everything you can, or you're just kind of way out here where you just, maybe you attend church and you just don't care about God, you, you just, or, or maybe you're just in for the money, maybe you're a prosperity guy. And you, so you have this, you're like one of the two. And so we do this false dichotomy and we set, make these statements where, oh, okay, well, given those two choices, I guess we need to be the totally sold out follower on fire and all that rather than the guy who just doesn't even get mm-hmm. anything about God or the gospel. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, you know? and in terms of, you know, we have to kind of discern that. We trust the Holy Spirit to illumine us on that. Yeah. So I don't think anyone needs to feel the pressure, oh, I've got to learn all this stuff, I've got to read this no, stuff I so I just, can tell yeah, the difference. I think you just learn it by, yeah, when no, you hear the gospel, you, you just, not without trying, you just... Trust the Holy Spirit becomes, within yeah, you. it becomes to, clear. To, to, is this consistent? You know, for this individual, that, that voice that said, I just want you to enjoy life, you know, I think, okay, I, does this, is this consistent with that voice that I heard yeah, at that point? Yeah. Because I think, and it, and boy, it does, um, religion, uh, th- this fits real well. One little thing I read the other day that, you know, we got that verse, so this, this relates, that talks about, you know, come out and be separate. Yeah. You know, we read that and we think, okay, yeah. I can't go to a movie. I can't go to the bowling alley or whatever. I can't go to a hockey game. I can't play golf. And I, I didn't look up all the background, so I'm going to trust that it's, it comes from a teacher that, I, that I've come to respect and he, he really knows the stuff seems like he says that was referring to the to the Babylon religion so basically he says when you come out and be separate they're saying come out from religion yeah that is not coming out from bowling or you know going to a movie or whatever it's, it's come out from that religious mindset that was never God's intention in the first place I mean it's no wonder Jeff there's so many atheists now running around oh yeah there's yeah. no wonder People walk away from church or God because of what we've presented to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've given them this God who is who wants nothing but to just beat them down and to, to make their lives bland, boring, and uneventful. That's the God we've presented. And we think, well, why don't they like that? Why can't they see that? You know, it, it's amazing. And we've made it all about the gospel, or made it all about, excuse me, all about the Bible teachings rather than the gospel which is really the focal point of the bible yeah i remember that email he mentioned that he said something about almost come to the place where i'm thinking about not reading the bible or something like that and you know my thought would be absolutely you know i mean i think there'd be seasons of times and it may be a long season 
where I, as you pointed out, I don't know, it was this podcast, or the last one that, you know, we went, you know, the, the church seemed to get along pretty well for hundreds of years without a Bible. So again, we like the Bible. And then trusted we the Holy Spirit. So, dude. I mean, it, isn't that amazing? And so, what I mean, there's, so don't hear us go too far the other way. Yes. Yeah. There, you know, we're, we're not ignoring scripture. We, we read scripture a lot and things do need to be, you know, search the scriptures to see if these things are yeah. so and all that. Of course, all they had then was the old Testament. But when that verse came out in the book of acts, but, and I don't think it's, you know, I, a lot of times, Roger, tell me, I think a lot of this counts like it's a 50-50 deal where you depend 50% on the Bible and 50% on the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm not quite comfortable yeah, I'm not with not that. I'm with that. I, th- I, I say it like this. Like the Bible is scripture that, that is God-breathed, I believe what it says in 2 Timothy. And it's a it's a framework. It's a, It, it kind of keeps everything from going off the rails. But it's really the Holy Spirit that does the most yeah. of the leading, yeah. teaching, guiding within that. Um, the, I read, um, I'm trying to make this quick. I, I finished reading that, Steve Mc. McVeigh book on quantum life. This relates to that. Mm-hmm. And he had said, I hadn't really thought of it this way, but he, he said something, um, along the ideas of this, did our collective growth. So collective growth, not about the body of Christ did our collective growth end with the new Testament era or the first century era. So we talked about how, what a dramatic difference there was from the old covenant to the new covenant. Of course, they had the cross and all that. Steve's written other stuff on good stuff on that. And you know that was part of the hardship in in Jesus' day, and also in the Acts. You've talked before about that Acts is the transition of mm-hmm. you know kind of going from that. Well, what if the believers in the first century would have just thought, well, we know all there is to know. There's nothing new. We're just you know we're we're following Moses. That's pretty much what the Jews did, and why there was all the, the conflict and everything like that. Well, is it possible that now? Obviously, the foundation doesn't change. So we're not saying the foundation changed, and we're not changing the foundation of the cross and the resurrection. But I think there's a real something to be said that that maybe god reveals more of who he is and, and the power and who jesus christ is in us and who we are in him through the centuries and collectively as the body of christ we mature and come to realizations that even the first century believers were not hadn't fully grasped yet is that making sense yeah do you know what i'm saying with that and so that and oh, that's yeah. where, and it's not, and he, I think make, he made a great statement about, it's not all about just restoring what they had in the first century. You and I grew up in a heritage and was called the restoration movement. The whole goal was to get back to what they had in the first century. And he's saying, and I, that's a great point. Steve McVeigh saying, no, we don't want to get back to where they, where they were in the first century. Maybe God is revealing more to us today. Again, we're not changing the foundation. The foundation is still the same. It's all still based on the cross and the resurrection, the ascension, the incarnation and all that. Right. But, you know, there is still a flow of revelation, of, of a deeper revelation into the eternal truths right. with that. Maybe think so. of this. I was going to share this at some point in the future, but now maybe, this is my theory. I'm going to give you a, a theory that I have on this particular scripture. And I was still want to get my thoughts on faith before we well, okay. to well, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. All right. Well, Acts 2. This has always been a little bit perplexing to a lot of people. When Peter quotes out of Joel, and he says, in these last days. Now, the, the, the question has always been, what does last days mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've all we pretty much said, and what most Bible teachers say is just everything from then on. So the last two thousand years have been the last days. Okay, I don't think so. Is in the last days it shall be God declares, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men, young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. On my male servants and my female servants in that day, those days I will pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders of heaven and signs of the earth below, and all this kind of stuff. Okay, and then. And there's one more verse I'll read in a second. But I believe the last days that he is talking about there are, are the last days of the Old Covenant, which coming to an uh, end. These were Jewish people. Mm-hmm. They lived this for hundreds of years at this point. It was coming to a screeching halt. 
Everything was, you know, everything was changing. Everything they thought they knew about God was changing. And I believe the last days, because here's what, here's what main reason I believe that. Because he concludes that by saying, here's the, uh, the quote, he says, and it shall come to pass, Jeff. Now now you're thinking, okay, is this, how far out in the future is this? He says, it'll come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the gospel. Yeah. That's yeah. what they were, that's what was happening. He says, they were the last yeah. days of all this stuff that you have known, the sacrifices, the religious obligations, trying to follow all the commandments, um, all this stuff is the last days of this. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what the book of Acts is. It's how that, that really faded out and how the, tra- the, the earlier transition from being, just being a sect of Judaism to a standalone relation with God that really wasn't dependent upon you being a Jew first. And so but he says, the days are coming, Jeff, days are coming, when anybody who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, I believe that's the day we're in. Yeah. I believe that's... So anyway, does that make sense? But yeah, and that reminds me, I read some that, that so much, someone said almost all the teaching of Jesus in the Gospels has to do with the Gentiles being accepted in right. to this covenant and the conflict that that created, that right. the Jews just, just did not believe. That, so we don't, don't appreciate that, that sometimes, I so, think, you know, how hard that was. You know? So, okay, faith. Let me let me we'll kind of wrap toward, heading toward, right. toward home on this, but, but I think it relates to this. I, I think I kind of had a little bit of an epiphany yesterday because I've been reading some stuff on faith or listening to stuff on faith. And then I got thinking about John one twenty nine. That's the verse, behold the name of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I've heard some stuff recently that pointed out. That's what John the Baptist said. Right. Well, he said to the people around him, he pointed to Jesus and said, that's the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Right. Okay. Most of the time in Scripture, and particularly in in what we call the New Testament, um, the last 27 books, faith is a noun. um, Not every time, but almost all the time. And we read the term of the faith. And then there's a lot of verses. I'm I'm not going to read them all here, but I'm just going to reference a few of them. And these are from the Young's Literal. So a lot of these don't flow very well, but it's it's the literal translation that I'm really been a little bit surprised at how much the literal translation of these talks about the faith of Jesus. So we're talking here the difference between the faith in Jesus versus faith of Jesus. And I've heard Andrew Farley talk about the Galatians 2.20. He said it can rightfully be interpreted either way, that mm-hmm. the, the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God or life I live in the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young says it of the Son of God. But just a few verses, um, then we'll get back to to John 1. Romans 3.21, um, that familiar passage, um, the law and the prophets and righteousness through the faith of Jesus Christ and on all who believe. And then toward the end of that, for his being righteous and declaring him righteous, who is of the faith of Jesus. So not only talks about faith, but talks about the faith. One verse I don't remember ever reading. Tell me if you're familiar with this one. Second Corinthians four thirteen, and having the same spirit of the faith. The idea that the spirit of the faith and, and of the faith. And then in uh, yeah, I read that, but that kind of went over, probably went over my head. Galatians two sixteen. If not through the faith of Jesus Christ, we're not declared righteous by works of law. If not through the faith of Jesus Christ, and then tells that we might be declared righteous by the faith of Christ. And then the Galatians two twenty that I mentioned, and there's just other ones. It goes talk about the faith, and then talks about the faith of Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, we go back to John one twenty nine in the Youngs. It says, "Who is taking away the Youngs literal? Who is taking away the sin of the world?" Two or three things really kind of hit me last night, and I was going through this. One thing is taking away. It's present tense. Mm-hmm. It's not who took away or will take away. Who is taking away? It says the sin of the world. And sin is singular there. What is the 
and, and we've talked a little bit about what is the one single root of sin throughout the Bible? Unbelief. I would say rock music. No. <laughs> no. Other than that. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, it's unbelief. I think, you okay. know, Hebrews talks about it. And in other places, this is not hard to, to do, you know, to, to draw that out. The, the root, the one root sin is unbelief. And so when it says the Lamb of God who's taking away the, you know, we, we think of that in terms of the cross, only the cross. But he's not talking about the cross there. There's nothing specifically there about the cross. And it says who is taking. So it's a process. So if Jesus is the Lamb of God who is taking away the sin of the world, and if the sin of the world is unbelief, it's blindness, it's darkness, they just can't see who God is, then he takes away the sin of the world, the unbelief of the world, by coming into our darkness, by through the incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, he takes away our unbelief. He didn't just nail specific sins to the cross. And I got thinking, I'm not sure that's ever in Scripture. The idea that, and, and I honestly don't know this, so tell me if, if any verses come to your mind. Is there any place where it says that our sins, individual sins, Individual sins were nailed to the cross. No, Colossians no. two, the debt no, that was right, against right. us, the, the written de- code the de- was nailed the to the cross. Obligations were nailed. Right. But we have this idea that okay, that that time, Roger, when I was ten and you were fourteen, I stole a piece of bubble gum from from you. Well, that sin is nailed to the. You no, know, I don't. You know, right. he was not holding our sins against us. The the problem of sin was the problem of unbelief. And so, when Jesus, the Lamb of God, again, the Lamb of God is coming out of Egypt, <clears throat> had nothing to do with the law before the law ever came there. So Jesus comes into our life through the incarnation, and, and that is a process that he's doing throughout the world that's still going on today, that the Lamb of God is taking away the sin of unbelief from the world so that our eyes can be opened, the blindness can be taken away, and we can, we can see the, that how loved and known we've been all along by a father who is absolutely crazy about us. And so back to the email, rather than worrying, is this a sin or is that a sin, you know, God is in everything. God is the sacred presence of God, recognizing the sacred presence of God in every person, moment, and place. And then we believe that and then trust the Holy Spirit to enjoy the garden of the world that God has given to us. So behold the name of God who takes away the sin of unbelief so that our eyes can be opened to see who we are and all the things freely given to us in Christ. Well, I'll so. be pondering this. I'll have thoughts coming in the future. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Brace yourself. Okay. <laughs>